0: the i the away. Well, we voting, full time to floating under sea
1: <laughs> Hello, and welcome back to the Rewind. I'm Josh, and this is a podcast where I watch a bunch of movies and talk about them with my friends. Today's episode is about Disney's live action, The Little Mermaid, joining me today. Disney and animation, though, again, this isn't really animation correspondent, it's Joe Morgan. Joe, thank you for being here.
0: Josh, have you not heard the scuttlebutt?
1: Oh, we're going to get to the scuttlebutt, believe me. And (laughs) uh, also joining me, uh, she just uh, finished hanging out with a a rapping seagull. It's Kayla Lichtenstein. Kayla, how's it going?
2: It's going okay. I'm very excited to talk about one of my childhood favorites, which is now a real life movie which is what every little girl I guess <laughs> dreamed of so yeah
1: <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm curious to hear a little bit more about your relationship with this one I'm, I'm not going to do much of a you know much of a, a plot rewind because you know that's uh that's these movies are an exercise in that all in and of themselves but you know the the newest version of The Little Mermaid is directed by Rob Marshall and written by David McGee it stars uh Hallie Bailey in the title role uh, but you know, also has a whole, uh, familiar cast of voices, uh, uh, joining some of the other sea creatures, including, uh, Melissa McCarthy as Ursula, Tommy Arbardin as King Triton, uh, David Diggs as Sebastian, Jacob Tremblay as Flounder and Aquafina as the aforementioned Scuttle and Prince Eric is played by, uh, a white British guy named Jonah Howard King. And he looks every part, the white British guy he is and sounds like it too, uh, and yeah they make you know that's what they're doing with all these movies joe and i have talked about them a lot over the years and it was now the little mermaid's turn to get the live action treatment uh but i'm gonna start i'm gonna start with kayla joe because kayla i uh, a few a, a, a couple weeks ago uh shout out to your dad who apparently is a listener of this podcast he said are you going to do the podcast with the little mermaid with josh i know that movie means a lot to you and luckily we were able to you know, work it out for that to be the case so i didn't realize you know, uh, I didn't realize that this movie actually meant that much to you. I specifically remember watching the trailer with you when we saw Lyle Lyle Crocodile. And I jokingly told you, oh, I'm not gonna see that. They put a black person in it. Then uh and and we, we, we had a laugh about all you know, the bad faith reaction that this movie got when it was first announced with the casting but i didn't at the time i didn't realize that you actually had a real relationship with the uh with the 1989 movie i'm curious was it just like i mean every child has like their their favorite of like the disney movies when they're growing up or people of our age at least do was it like this was yours or did the movie have an even uh, more bigger place in your childhood than beyond just being like your favorite of the disney library
2: Uh, i mean my favorite of the disney library is beauty and the beast um that's a whole whole other thing Mm. Uh, but I mean this one I'll put it this way when there was a limited animated series I watched it I watched (laughs) the limited animated like animated series I got like the little like the cereal boxes with the little like necklaces and things (laughs) that came with it I mean every little girl wanted to be a mermaid Mm. and I mean I've I probably wore this VHS tape out, Um, you know, we're big, like my family, we like going to the beach, like some families love going to the mountains and the cabins, but no, we're, we're beach people. Uh, We were actually talking a little bit before the pod went on that, like, you know, Joe saying he's, you know, very familiar with this, with St. Augustine and all those beach areas in Florida, like my parents, grew up at a beach area in florida so visit grandparents go to the beach and what do you do when you go to the beach you play mermaids (laughs) obviously so at the very obvious level i was a little girl in the 90s of course i loved all the disney princesses
1: (laughs) there's a little (laughs) omnipresent in your childhood from that perspective and of just course. Always being around there, always being something that you're playing with or rewatching or anything like that. So that 1989 version, which I'm sure kind of like was what spawned your, you know, interest in mermaids and all the kind of culture that surrounded them. 83 minutes long. So as someone that is, you know, I'm sure watched a lot of these other uh, Disney live action movies as they come out over the last few years. And then you see, OK, they're doing a Little Mermaid one. It is two hours and 15 minutes uh, when you hear, OK, this movie that means a lot to me from my childhood is now getting this live action treatment. And it's nearly double in length. Uh, is there something you're like, oh, when I think back on the 1989 version, it's like, oh, if they're going to make a longer version of this, this is what I want to see. Like, again, n- not that any of these have ever been anywhere near as good as most of the originals, but when you see they're doing this, what are you hoping that this can accomplish that brings something new to the table aside from just like seeing real people as opposed to animated folks? Is there something else you want them to do with all that extra runtime?
2: I mean, it's not a secret. I'm kind of a feminist. So, mm. um, I really, really like that they give you know, specifically on the princess side of these things, um, they give them a lot more depth and they let them be people like they're not just like
1: I mean, Ariel, always... Ariel Ariel literally gets to be a person. Well, yeah, <laughs> yes.
2: that's kind of the whole thing. Um, but no, it's like they get to have these more complicated backstories that you know, you would have to get an animated series for or you know, different things like that. And they get to be more developed as young women, um, not just, not just princesses who have a problem and they want to come out of it. And, you know, they get to be more than a romantic story. And that's one thing I really appreciate. Like, I know we're probably going to get more into it, but I mean, Ariel has always been very curious, you know, very headstrong, But here you get to see such like a different depth that you don't only see her as curious, you get to see her as somebody eager to learn. And, and, you know, a 90 minute runtime of an animated movie, you may not necessarily get to, wow, this isn't just curiosity. This is a hunger to learn. And I mean, you had that as well with, you know, Belle and the live action that you got to see more of, like, wow, this is a girl who's been like deeply impacted by situations in her life. And I like that with this extra runtime, you get to really, really interact with the characters, not just the story. Mm.
1: And that, that that is one of the things, I mean, I honestly, I'll, I'll just say off the bat, I really didn't love the movie that much, but one thing I did like that it did with it was it actually, especially because I, I went back and watched the 1989 version yesterday, and as someone that, like, always appreciates it when someone actually puts a little effort into making you think two characters could fall in love, like, there just were a lot, there were more scenes between, um, between Eric and Ariel before, like, they actually, like, kind of, like, got together and or to the point where like you know he could just you could understand him like wanting to get married to her you know once she actually gets her voice and he puts two and two together it's like oh they've actually like spent a decent amount of time together and it's really just like basically that carriage ride in the 1989 one um you know they they i mean and and, and, i mean there's the there's the kiss the girl sequence and but but like up until then really it's really just like that carriage ride there's not like the market scene they have here the scene where they're like you know in the antique part of the castle or whatever here like they, they they added a few extra things that i i really appreciated and uh joe i'm, I'm curious uh you know uh, this is one that we'd obviously had our eye on for some time you were a little cautiously optimistic once you uh once you saw the trailer, even if I think there are a lot of cynics out there about it, is Was was there anything that you actually really felt like it, you know, it, it, you were nodding someone Kayla was talking. Do you think it did accomplish some more in the storytelling in that regard by taking advantage of giving us the fact, giving them the opportunity to, you know, develop area a little more? Do you think it was at least successful there, even if maybe in other parts it wasn't? Yeah, so I'll preface this
0: all by saying that um, three weeks ago, my my oldest daughter, who turns two in, um, later in June, uh, she toddled up to her Disney princess figurines or whatever. <laughs> and she picked up Ariel and said, Mermaid. And ever since then, we've watched the original Little Mermaid every day. Wow. So I've now rewatched this movie um, in excess of 20 times in preparation for the <laughs> um So anyway yes i came into this movie you to have a que-
1: I, i'd say you have a much clearer understanding even than i do of like what these two things uh <laughs> where w- w- we're the latter built upon the former yeah.
0: to answer your question i'll say i really didn't like the first hour of this movie mm-hmm. and i had a lot more fun in the second hour of the
1: movie i'd actually agree i i, I was a little tired of just being underwater it's, It didn't do as much for me as i would have liked
0: yeah so i i really enjoyed the ariel and eric stuff um it felt a bit fresh. It felt new. It kind of allowed that relationship to develop a bit. You get to more well-rounded Ariel's character. She gets to be a bit more active in her own story. Um, I think specifically um, to shout out another podcast, Script Notes, which is a hmm. screenwriting podcast. They actually broke down this movie a long time ago, and um, uh, like they like they, ha- like
1: they like before it was a movie when they'd only read the script or something. You mean? Oh, no, they they
0: they just watched the 1989 version talked about like what oh, 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 okay, narrative okay. and stuff like that. that okay and um Craig Mason who created Chernobyl and the last of us he's he was just like this is a movie where the main character is completely sidelined in the third act mm-hmm. and like ever since I had listened to that and rewatched it at the time I couldn't unsee that and as much as much love and reference as I have for the original I was like dang Ariel doesn't really get to do anything at the end so like with all that in mind Like, yes, I'm glad that this movie was kind of able to more fully realize her as a character and give her more agency in that second half of the movie. And specifically all the stuff on land, I was like, okay, like, you know, like this is the sort of thing these live action remakes should be leaning into is doing newer stuff with the material. So um, ultimately, yeah, um, I did see that. I felt like the movie did a nice job. This
1: um, current release did a nice job with sort of fleshing out that um, we'll go back we we can go back and talk more about the fun stuff but you mentioned that first hour and was it more like a um some of the stuff we've talked about with like the lion king where it's like this isn't really adding anything like looking at this fish talking that this looks like a fish was it was that stuff bothering you bothering you a little more was it the was it just like the the other visuals and and and, or was it something else with like the writing of those characters under the sea What, what 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 did you struggle with in that part of the movie there there's a couple of things there's you know, I, I thought I thought Halle
0: Bailey was fantastic in this, like her singing voice is incredible. And musically, I thought she was able to take the music places that Jody Benson, who is goaded all time. She's wonderful, <laughs> but she was able to do something new with it. Um, the actual direction of the scenes that were copying the original, I just found so like just they don't they just don't measure up and it's really hard as a viewer who has a lot of love for the original to truly engage with something like that when it's a very expensive but ultimately a replica of something that i appreciated more and like you know i so part of your world like Hallie crushes it. She sings it amazingly, but the sequence honestly felt kind of rushed to me. And I don't feel like we got to spend as much time as we do in the original with it, which is shocking to me, considering this movie is twice as long. (laughs) Another underrated, but then like going and then under to see, like I don't even want to get into it, just was just, you know, beautiful work by the visual effects artists, but it just misses. it's funny
1: it's funny that you said that they felt rushed with her song because like i thought you know i thought everything that she sang i I really enjoyed but like Mm -hmm. it was really lacking in the other songs that weren't her like Mm -hmm. it felt like uh, i'm curious how you felt about this kayla hook because i'm sure you have some affection for those original songs like I don't know, under the sea, like just it felt like it was lacking in a lot of energy compared to like when I went back and watched the 1989 one. And, it, and 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 again, we're we're I'm jumping back out of the water, but I thought Kiss the Girl went on forever and just felt very, very slow. And I was like caught off guard when I watched the 1989 one, like how much more fun it was than it was in the live action. Um
2: I think with all of that, mm-hmm. um I think a lot of it is mentally we're wanting that scene for scene perfect recreation, but this isn't a drawn animation movie. You can't do that. And also, if they're trying to, like specifically with the under the sea, um, you're not going to have a saxophone playing fish. You're just not.
1: Why not? (laughs) Why (laughs) not?
2: We got Sonic changed. Give the fish a saxophone. Come on, let's go. But I think a lot of it is we're expecting this scene for scene perfect recreation. But we also have to remember that The original one um, was basically set in the waters of Denmark and kind of where the story was originally written, but they made it obvious, not obvious that this was happening in the Caribbean. And so like they had to go off of for like under the sea, the fish, the aquatic life that's there in the Caribbean, and unfortunately, I didn't even, I didn't even realize there. Being that playing fish aren't, you know, plentiful there. I think you have to go to Denmark for that oh, kind of show. Okay. Yeah, um,
1: so, you, so you still? So, you, you, did did you enjoy the performances about as much as you yeah. expected to? Then the musical ones?
2: Yeah, I did. Good. But my personal, my personal kind of thing that I go about when I see these live action remakes, mm-hmm. I go in with zero expectation. I'm like, okay. What I would love is a shot for shot recreation, but like that just isn't gonna make sense. So I try to go in and have fairly low expectations. Um well shot for I shot's do- not necessarily
1: good. That's what they did in Lion King. And I I Lion King struggled for it.
2: Right, right. Exactly. Exactly. Whereas so- like
1: something like like Aladdin, which Joe and I've also talked about, like, they did some different stuff you talk about giving like the, the princesses right. more agency I, I i had some issues with aladdin but like it led, it did new stuff with jasmine which i liked and yeah. here, like i think we're talking about like i think we did like the new stuff it's just like in theory like that the songs are something that are like work so well with the original that like i think people are just gonna be happy to have them like played at them loudly in a theater if you just like right. bring make them happen with the same gusto that they should and i just thought that i don't know if they did that with a couple of the big ones here and then they and then they got um they got rid of um uh, le poisson, right? So now
2: I was just gonna say, you realize part of your world is actually a pretty short running song, in mm-hmm. general. Um, so it may have not felt long enough, but it may have actually been pretty close to the actual time. But you also have to remember, like, this is also a new Ariel. Like we have to kind of see her a little differently. Um, you know, we're able to do a lot more with her cavern um visually so like it's gonna have to be a little bit different like it can't it can't be the exact same because while this is the same movie this is not the same ariel mm-hmm. does that make sense like she has the right yeah. she has the <laughs> same vibe but we have to recognize she's not animated like mm-hmm. this is a person
0: <laughs> i'll i'll rephrase a bit because like sort of where my thing is and this is sort of characteristic of all these of most of these live action ones is like, I don't necessarily need to see everything be exactly the same. I just want to get that feeling. I think mm-hmm. a lot of people come to this to feel the way they felt, right? And so you know, like, you know, we joke about the fish with the saxophone and like, like we could do that. Come on. But like um, I'm thinking like, for example, something that works really well for me is in the Beauty and the Beast live action remake, remake which I know is very hated on. I'm sort of in the minority of actually having liked that adaptation overall. Like, the remake of the Gaston song in that movie is quite different from the original, but it has the same energy and pizzazz mm-hmm. to it that you get from that original movie. And like, I don't know if that's in the direction with Bill Condon or um, Josh Gad playing LeFou and, and Luke Evans and Gaston, and maybe just it's a difference of thing. You know, I don't know what it is because because like I really liked Hallie in the role i thought she was great in the role and vocally like she was there i just i don't know i guess the 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 direction seemed a bit uninspired to me so i guess my 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 angst is with rob marshall because uh, mm. like one who, of the who's like capable I'm-
1: of making musicals it's a thing yes before. um because
0: like i'll say one thing like another thing i had that was completely outside of the recreation of things that we've seen before in the original was when you watch the original version King Triton and Sebastian have this great rapport. Like, they are phenomenal together. You get the sense that they have shared history. You get the mm-hmm. sense that they're close. And so when they're kind of riffing back and forth with each other, like, you laugh a bit or whatever. And even if you've seen it 20 times in the last series Or, or, or if, like, like, Sebastian's, like, cowering yeah, his really did
2: not get the same thing, same vibe this time. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm with and, you you have,
0: and you have David Diggs and Javier Bardem, two very talented performers who have been nominated and won awards. And it just all that stuff was flat to me, you know. It's just very flat. And uh, Javier Bardem uh,
1: is like one of the, our most charismatic actors. And yeah, life. it's it's. Just, oh,
2: like, I, I, I have the unpopular opinion. I'm not like wild about <laughs> how he did.
1: Well, no, no, no. That's what I'm saying. True. No, it's not. It's not unpopular. I, I, I think he. I think it was lacking. I think, you mm-hmm. know, he, he's he's in a very charismatic performer. And it's like I thought. Like. You know how, like, we talk about how it's like, oh, like, these animals, like, you struggle to, like, then see the same expressions on them when they are then, like, you know, not animated anymore. I kind of felt like that he was right there with the animals as far as, like, you know, lacking just as much from, like, the animated King Triton to the live-action one. He he just seemed like he was what really was, a, I mean, even more so than the songs. I just felt like he was, like, very, very, like, stoic and, mm-hmm. uh, and just, like, lacking in any kind of emotion yeah. whatsoever.
2: Yeah, I mean, I said to Adam... Mm-hmm. When we finished it, and I was like, So, I do have some thoughts on the cast scene. Like, <laughs> like, obviously, Hallie, amazing. Like, the guy who played Eric, I'm like, All right, I'm here for it. Um, mm-hmm. so this is a <laughs> you guys are gonna think this is ridiculous, but it's funny. Um, so you asked me earlier what one you know impact Little Mermaid had on my life. So my first like major crush was definitely Prince Eric. You know, this guy with Darth I thought about to tell me I thought about to tell me
1: I thought about to tell me King Triton was a zaddy.
2: <laughs> we'll get to that in a minute. Okay. Um <laughs> but <laughs> like my first like big crush was prince eric you know a guy with light blue eyes and dark hair and i just happened to marry a guy with light blue eyes dark (laughs) hair so has he been rescued by a
0: mermaid kayla you can Uh, tell us
2: obviously um (laughs) no but i said to adam at the end of the movie i was like i just needed king triton to be a little more you know daddy because <laughs> well, no, like in the animated feature you got like this like buff dude with like you know essentially greek god um caricature you know king triton and then you have javier Bardeen, who is who's he great he, he's great but he's just not the vibe i needed for king triton
1: no, even if he's not like as muscular as the animated one, he didn't bring the same energy either, and that's the problem. It's not even a matter of like you know, uh, like it's it, like Joe said, it, it's got to give bring you that same feeling, even if it's not doesn't look exactly the same. He just doesn't give off the feel of that same confident character that mm-hmm. Triton was in the original. He's just there, stoic. Like, where are my daughters? No, don't go to the surface. Yeah, you and you also they just, don't
2: have that complexity that the animated one has. The You know, am I stern father? Am I loving father? Like, who can I be here? Um, And getting it wrong. And I just, we didn't get that same. We didn't get that with Javier Bardem. And I just love the animated King Triton because, yeah, he is. He's more of a dynamic character than what we got in this.
0: Mm. and you can see he really loves Ariel too in the original like so like when he does go off and have his tantrums like it's just that much more painful you know whereas this one I don't like I mean Javier Bardem obviously like one of the one of our great actors right I mean no country for all men I don't we need to keep going but just like this I was just like what is happening here what is the disconnect
2: and even that like line in the end um like in the animated version it's the now there's only one more thing, like how much I'm going to miss her. Right. And then they tried to give this the same line, but it's like how much I'm going to miss my little one. But it just didn't hit the same way that the animated yeah. one did, where it's yeah. like it just seemed like, oh yeah, how much I'm going to miss my little one versus like this really emotional experience that you would, you know, think for King Triton.
1: Yeah, I'm right there with you. Um, how about, how about, how about, how about Ursula? Did, uh, did, did Melissa McCarthy uh, capture the essence of uh, was, was a, 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 a fairly dark, uh, heinous uh, creature out of the Disney villains, Kayla?
2: I, okay. So I like Melissa McCarthy. I looked up a little bit more as to why she was cast by Ursula. Some of her first like acting gigs was doing comedy and drag. However, the original, Ursula was modeled after the drag queen divine and why didn't you get like a plus size drag queen to be Ursula like I love Melissa McCarthy she was she was great um I would say she was probably a solid seven but like go to drag race go to RuPaul's drag race get us a plus size queen like I just felt like that would have for me, that would have been like Terry on top. Like that would have been it because the original Ursula was modeled after a drag queen. So I would have wanted a drag queen to be Ursula in this.
1: Hmm, interesting. Uh, I, I, yeah, I, 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 did not know that part of her history. I saw somewhere that like, I, I don't, I, I some, I don't, I feel like I saw somewhere. I don't know what it was where someone said like someone threw out the possibility of 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 um. Of Lizzo playing Ursula and Melissa McCarthy audition, like from
2: that. what I heard. Oh,
1: she did. Okay, I didn't know she auditioned. I just heard someone like threw that out there as like an. That option. would
2: have also been accept- like acceptable. Yeah, and and, I, and also, I heard Melissa. I Macar- love Lizzo. So until
1: Melissa McCarthy's credit, she's like, "Well, yeah, that would have been awesome." I didn't even know they did that. I, I would have been totally for that too. And I if, if someone had told me Lizzo was gonna do it, so I mean it, that, that I feel like Lizzo could have even brought a different energy though. I, I feel like Melissa McCarthy did. She was pretty committed. You know, it's 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 a pretty out there role for someone that like I mean plays out there comedic characters, but this is even outsized. By those standards. Uh Joe, as, as someone who has now uh watched the 1989 Ursula about 20 times in the last 20 days, uh, did, did you feel like it was kind of uh uh Melissa McCarthy was uh was up to the task? Um I
0: think she was up to the task, but I I I kind of get at one of the fundamental issues I have with um a lot of these remakes is mm. this was just Melissa McCarthy, but with octopus legs, whereas Flounder and Sebastian look like photorealistic animals. And I just right. want us to pick a lane. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, can we just have like cute animals if we're gonna see Melissa McCarthy? Or can Melissa McCarthy be like a bit more octopus looking? I don't know. Like I'm not a I'm not a character designer, you know. That that's just it was like, I mean, I have no issues with the performance. I thought, you know, mm-hmm. she did a fine job. Like, I mean, was she, you know, the best performance in the movie? No, but um yeah just I felt distracted by it but before we move on from the Ursula conversation I just want to shout out Pat Carroll the original Ursula who crushed mm-hmm. it she died last year may she rest in peace and also I want to shout out lyricist Howard Ashman who first made the divine recommendation about um, the Thank original you. Ursula uh, may he rest in and peace and he
2: still and he still received the credit I don't know if you watched the credits but they made sure that he still received credit for this film because the original songs were included
1: Well I saw that I didn't realize Alan Menken was still around and because I don't oh really Alan Menken
2: is still living life and getting you know. that Disney money <laughs> like he's still he's in it
1: yeah I don't follow this stuff as much as you guys I guess he's been involved in a lot of these and it's like that's it's all that's well and good.
2: understatement <laughs> basically <laughs> basically if it was a 90s Disney movie, Alan Menken was in it and if they have done a live act- action remake, Alan Manken has been back in the studio freshening up the music, working on some of the new stuff. Yeah. like he's in it.
1: Yeah, and I like and, and, I, and I should have known that since I've done podcasts on a lot of these. It's just I was like looking at it more closely and I was like, oh, like that's odd that like I, I'm disappointed in this music and like he's like involved again. like I, it's like, come on dude, like make sure like these oh. songs are just as exciting as they were the first time you did
2: them. So are the music? Mm-hmm. the music we'll just take this as a moment here the
1: music okay. um
2: so i love lin-manuel miranda uh, i don't love what he did with this
1: well so how, what, what all was he involved in besides scuttlebutt if anything um, i think all
2: on. the new music i think oh, oh um, it was all him i don't think it was yeah. all him but scuttlebutt i'm like come on Daveed Diggs is on the cast. I'm like, they're going to give Daveed Diggs a rap if Lin-Manuel Miranda's in it. But as much as I love him, he does have a very, very distinct style. And so you could tell what he was in. Mm. Like, you could tell. Um, I think they did a great job on Eric's song. The new Ariel song was fantastic, but scuttlebutt.
1: Well, so during Scuttlebutt, I was like, I see. Well, I'm, 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 I'm honestly probably more disappointed in Lin Manuel when Lin Manuel for uh, Kiss the Girl because it looked like he was actually involved in the at least he has some kind of credit on it, and it's like I, I again, I just thought it was just like, it just, it just felt so like low energy and boring compared to what it was when I rewatched the other one, and it felt like it went on forever, and I guess that's part of the point of the scene. It's like, oh, he's not kissing her, he needs to kiss her, and it's just going on and on. So that's part of the joke, but like. As I'm listening to Scuttlebutt, I was like, oh, wow, they got in and out pretty fast. I respect that. I just I felt like a Scuttlebutt was 20 minutes long. So I, I, don't, I don't think I fully registered how like, oh, yeah, maybe it might have been, I don't know, Lin-Manuel, like, you know, leaning into some of his like, you know, uh, uh, comfort zones in a way that maybe didn't fit the movie as well as it could have.
2: Yeah, just
1: mm-hmm.
2: you just can't put it next to the original music and expect it to be as good.
1: <laughs> mm. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. I don't know. Joe, jo- jo, were, you, were you as offended by Scuttlebutt as it seems like a lot of people were?
0: So I had the benefit of absorbing the full internet discourse before seeing the movie. Oh yeah, so, you already um, knew it was coming. I knew it was coming. I did. I did. I avoided lyrics and all that stuff. So like when it happened, I sort of was taken aback by it because like I didn't know when it happened in the movie, and then I was like, "Oh, this is the famed scuttlebutt," and I was just like, "Oh, you know, I mean, it's a Lin Manuel Miranda thing," but uh, I would like to pivot pivot on the scuttlebutt and offer a scorching hot take okay which i'm taking all of the online discourse about aquafina and just putting it over here in a box this <laughs> is me acknowledging the aquafina discourse which i just do not want to get into um
2: i mean i love aquafina but i thought she was great
0: in this she was,
2: no she was she was great in this she was she was <laughs> a plus and i like that they redid scuttle like <laughs> instead of being a seagull like allowing to like scuttle to be a Gannett so we can have that Gannett Gannett I don't know how to say that I just know how it's spelled um and like allowing to be underwater and interact underwater and kind of like making jokes about oops gotta go up for air like Aquafina was great I loved her I just didn't like Scuttlebutt. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think she. I don't think she was
1: any worse than anyone else would have been in that role. I, my my take on Aquafina is I want her to get back to making good movies, um, <laughs> or but,
2: keep doing Nora from Queens.
1: I I I only watched like the first couple episodes of that show. I think I, I that's I think she like committed to doing that before she realized her movie career was going to take off. But I don't think she's made great choices on her movie career since the farewell. Aside from like swan song, and that was just a reminder. It's like oh, you're capable of doing better stuff. Uh, so I mean I I thought I thought Scuttle was fine. Scuttlebutt, I don't know. Uh, the thing it, of Scuttlebutt.
0: Was, I'll I'll say this too. Yeah. Um. Well, first of all, with all due respect to Lin Manuel Miranda, I want Disney to know that there are other lyricists out there. <laughs> okay. That that said, um, Scuttlebutt was an attempt to do something different, and I was, but I am not a fan of the song. Um. But I admired the audacity of it, and <laughs> um, like. And Josh, as you know, we've been talking about these for years at this point. Like I am just, I am just going to take the small wins. We tried to the new. Yeah. Yeah. So.
1: Yeah. Yeah, all right. L- yeah. Let me give you guys a chance to talk about some of the good stuff a little more since we've d- dwelt on that a little bit. Uh, we all, it seems like uh, at least Joe is in agreement that like we really like the stuff when they got out of the water. Uh, and I, th- I think that probably gets at what some of you liked about this Kayla too. And as far as like, you know, maybe giving Ariel a little more agency and like, you know, Uh, and I, I mean, there's a little bit of that in both movies as far as her taking the agents, taking it upon herself to like, you know, get out of the water, even if she has to, you know, get Ursula's assistance in doing that. But you get to see her just doing more stuff when she, Mm -hmm. you know, actually gets into the castle and whatnot. Was there anything that you particularly liked about seeing this, like, expanded portion of the movie because that's where it feels like it really did its own thing and added a lot of stuff was this you know just this her hanging out in this castle and going around and doing stuff with eric is there anything you particularly liked about like about that about about just about the out of water experience of this movie kayla
2: okay so i'll start with the big favorite of that
1: Mm
2: -hmm. um i loved the exploring the island um that whole sequence that yeah, it was a longer sequence, but it was fantastic because it's showing like so much more than oh la la, this is Eric's kingdom. It's like she's experiencing this whole new world that she's yeah. never been able- Yeah, see what I did there. Um, <laughs> but that she hasn't been able to experience. And there was just one moment that I Lost my mind, and it was where they were in the Caribbean market, and and I say that because they were not subtle about it being you know in the Caribbean area. They talk about it literally being a sugarcane plantation. Um, you can kind of look at how they have everything kind of set up around the island, palm trees, and you know all of the people, the islanders. But when they had Jody benson pop up as the cameo and give her a freaking dinglehopper for (laughs) dinglehopper and i saw something where uh people were even saying they're like oh my god this is even better because she's literally like passing her the trident like passing her the torch as the next ariel so i love that they spent her time in the kingdom she got to experience this joy and be part of this world that she wanted to be part of and experience it and learn it and realize that high heels are stupid and flat sandals are better and you know (laughs) all of these other just like wonderful things that you know a 90 minute runtime isn't going to have enough time to fully develop and i love that they really spent that time
1: I, I don't actually know Jody Benson well enough to have like picked up on the cameo when it happened it, it seemed like it's, but yeah, it seemed, it seemed like you also uh, kind of got a kick out of that show. Oh,
0: definitely. Yeah. Josh, you just got to start watching your like um, panels with all the Disney princess
1: voices. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I didn't know. I, I didn't know. Until I was just, like looking her up that like I, that she reprised the voice briefly in the Ralph breaks the internet, uh, which we, which we talked about way back when, but like I, and th- there was all those, there was a lot of cameos of the princesses in that movie, but like, I just, I, I just totally forgot about that sequence and how they actually did bring back a lot of the voices. So it's like I've actually, you know, consumed something that she like, voiced someone in the last five years, aside from listening to the 1989 thing last night. I, I, I just also kind of enjoy getting to see her, uh, see her explore, Kayla. Well, one thing that I thought was interesting that, like, was an interesting point. I don't know how you guys felt about it. I, a criticism I read was that they didn't like that Ursula, like, took away the knowledge that she needed the kiss which I guess isn't exactly something that happens in the first one, right? Like she's like more aware of what she needs. Oh, in the she first one.
2: yeah.
1: And I guess that, that, that does like have some bearing on like the, the personality with which Ariel is carrying herself throughout the movie. She's having to be a little more cunning in the 1989 one and trying to like, you know, accomplish that goal. Whereas like maybe she's a little more directionless here. Was that a, a change that you kind of appreciated as you were watching this, Joe? Like, were you like, Oh, I, I, her like being a little more, uh, you know, uh, uh, ignorant of what 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 what's actually at stake here and what she has to accomplish like did that was, was it did that give it a different feel from the first one or did you like ariel having to like you know have that extra motivation in the first one
0: um i ultimately saw what they were going for mm-hmm. and i kind of liked that she was able to like sort of what kayla was speaking to like experience mm-hmm. the joy of life on land and stuff yeah um i do think you kind of like I mean, they execute it just fine. So there wasn't like really a logic issue for an adult watching it. But I just feel like if you're a child watching that, you might not miss, you might miss it or it might be like, I don't, I mean, ultimately, like, I mean, I was just like, okay, it's happening. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. I didn't really feel strongly one way or other. I was just like, oh, okay. Like I'm glad my daughter's still too young to go to the theater with me. So she'll be a little older when I can be like, Hey, did you, did you catch that? Or do you understand what's going on there? So I think it might be, Little bit of a logic for youngsters, but like ultimately, like I thought it was fine.
1: Yeah, I don't think they're, I don't think a young person's really gonna miss anything from that, but it was an interesting thought that I heard that the movie had. But like at the same time, when you're giving them the space to like actually fall in love, then like that's fine. It would yeah. have been weird if like they, if, if, if it was missing that and then they're like trying to force them to kiss and the movie's still 80 minutes long or something like that. <laughs> so I think, I think it's fine that they kind of gave them more time in that regard. It's just again, uh, there are other parts of the movie that like, you know, maybe went on, uh, a little, a little too long for me. One thing, Kayla, and I, I, and I again, again, because Joe and I've talked about these so much, uh, I a lot of people were criticizing the movie like even before it came out because they just didn't like the look of it in the trailer and thought it just all looked a little too dark and gloomy and whatnot. And I couldn't help but think as I was watching this, and maybe I heard someone else make the point first, I don't know because I've had a long few weeks, but like you know, hard to like you know, go underwater when we just did that with Avatar and Avatar did it so well and Avatar has so many resources at its disposal. Maybe just like you know like it's, it's gonna it's, it's just a tall order especially when it's like you know not that far away and that they're both Disney properties uh and I, I don't I don't know if I was consciously thinking about avatar I was watching this as I was watching this but I was just certainly thinking like man like I, I, you're gonna like make a live action you need to like take advantage of whatever you can to like make it as vibrant as you can and it, I, I, I I did find myself a little disappointed that it's like man like th- this this when they made this original one 34 years ago or 35 years ago, like, you know, it's they probably had less tools at their disposal and it looked a lot more colorful than this one. And it, it, the underwater parts are like incredibly dark. I'm wondering, was that something you found lacking at all, Kayla? Or did that, did, did everything visually still work for you pretty much?
2: So it worked for me simply mm-hmm. because they were going with kind of the hyper realistic mm-hmm. um, kind of way. Like, realistically, the deeper you go in water, the less light it is. Good point.
1: Um, fair, fair. So,
2: fair. I mean, if it was we're going to constantly have all of these lights down here in this dark grotto. That's in a shadow that's at the bottom of the ocean. Like it wouldn't make a lot of sense for it to be light. But I mean, when you get into other scenes like under the sea and they're in more shallow water, you do still have a lot of that light. I mean, you can't have this huge towering, you know, mermaid rock castle Mm -hmm. and it be in a shallow part of the water. So for me in terms of that, like, It still landed for me because, you know, it's based in that realism. Like, I mean, they changed Slounder. They changed Sebastian because they wanted it to have a realistic ocean look. And that's kind of the vibe they were going for. And, you know, even down to, you know, having that realistic look is that, you know, the Daughters of Triton are representative of the seven seas. And so the different daughters of Triton were, you know, ethnically aligned to their sea instead of it's just all kind of generally white. Mm. So, I mean, it made perfect sense to me. And yeah, sure. Avatar was a lot brighter for these underwater sequences, but one, James Cameron. Two, it's in a very fictional place you know as in you know in contrast to it being a real place but with
1: mermaids (laughs) uh yeah i guess i didn't touch on that with you either joe though. like did did you agree with kayla that you like uh as far as like you know appreciating some of the realistic things that they did like uh, with some of the other touches they did underwater, whether it be like the different kinds of princesses or were there other visual flourishes that they had there that like, were, like, All right. He- this is a decent use of like the live action. If you're going to do it. Um, I thought everything they set out to do
0: visually and what the artwork was accomplished and mm-hmm. accomplished. Well, it Disney kind of didn't do it any favors by releasing it after way of water. <laughs> um, and also you would think like,
1: Hey, James, like come over to the, anything sweet and just give uh, these local, a look um, <laughs> or, or, or just like hey like try and replicate whatever they did there you know and just hang out underwater more than they did in uh in avatar they were just on the water in avatar like you know just like they got some good uh they got some good uh, technology obviously for when they did go underneath i mean like I, I i was like i was like i found myself more moved in avatar by the whale that just sat there with closed captioning than like the actual animals they tried to like you know uh sit and have talk which maybe like means something i don't really know what um yeah, I, I I I I see what you're saying though. Um, actually, uh, before before you like do some final thoughts, Joe, I am curious because I, I I you texted me earlier and you said, hey, as I was watching this last night, I had a moment of clarity, and I'm wondering did, was, was that did you mean more as as far as your thoughts on the movie as a whole, or did you have some bigger picture thoughts on uh, where this kind of stood in these exercises of these movies stood that like uh the Little Mermaid 2023 like helped you know uh crystallize for you like what wh- what did you mean by that when you sent me that tease via text message earlier?
0: i i was watching the movie and mm-hmm. i was like okay i've i mean we've been doing this since i mean like i don't really beauty and the beast 2017 yeah and i mean even before that with um pete like, dragon was Humblebutt 2016 and pete's dragon and Tim yeah, yeah, yeah. burton alice in wonderland way back mm-hmm. um i was sitting there and i i just thought i was like you know they they really just learned all the long, all the wrong lessons from the Jungle Book. Because if you can like rewind to 2016, right? Like the Jungle Book comes out and everybody lauded it. They're like, "Wow, this is incredible! Like, what an amazing adaptation of this classic Disney film!" Like, I think the movie made close to a billion dollars worldwide, something like that, right? I don't. Did, and, you, did you? Did you? really like the Jungle Book?
1: I thought. I thought it was. I thought it was. Um, I'm not as high on it as everybody. I haven't, but, I haven't thought about it since I saw it. Really, I think I did do a podcast on it back in the day, but like I don't remember like loving it. I remember the time
0: it being very acclaimed, and it's sort of the movie that ultimately got John Favreau into to to uh, do uh, Mandalorian. I'm pretty sure, right, right, right. right. Um, Which you know is a Hollywood moment or whatever, I I guess. Right, like big.
2: One of the best things they've done. I mean, is get John Favreau into the Star Wars universe. But
0: (laughs) Um, I'm just. I was sitting here. I was just like, you know, I, um, I just I was watching the movie, and there's like, I'm not going to sit here and say it's a bad movie. Like, I don't think it's a bad movie. Um, But I just think this overall experiment has failed. Like, I just really think the live action experiment has just been a failure. And that's not to put all this on The Little Mermaid. I'm just sitting here and I'm just like, you know, we have how many more years of these, right? Like we have the Moana one coming up less than 10 years from the original's release. We have the Snow White starring uh, starring uh, Rachel Zegler and Gal Gadot, right? Like. Um Barry I Jenkins love making a like,
1: like, cats movie like Bar- Barry um, Jenkins Lion King 2.
0: Yeah, Barry Jenkins, Lion King 2. But at least I like I'm sort of excited for that one because Barry Jenkins and also like an original. But story also
2: Lion like, King 2 was very, very good.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um it had
2: the best soundtrack.
0: <laughs> yeah. Lion King 2, Simba's Pride is like
2: <laughs> top tier soundtrack.
0: Yeah. But like ultimately, I was just like, you know, it's it's just disappointing, I guess. I'm just like you know, and, and like maybe I'm coming to this point later than a lot of other people have. I just, as someone who has a deep love for the Disney animation canon, I just watch these and I'm just like, I don't even think the new generation is getting anything out of these. I think they just like go to the theater, watch these, and then go home and like watch the original again. You I know? wonder,
2: well, here's I a question. I think they're playing off of parents' nostalgia yeah. because, you know, our generation are having kids. You know, you're having this experience with your kids. It's yeah. like, Oh, they're doing a live action Little Mermaid remake. I remember loving The Little Mermaid. Let's go see it together. And that's how they're gonna make their money off of it.
0: Yeah. And I guess just like when you watch the original Little Mermaid, and you love it, and they're making a live action one. I'm like. Oh my gosh! I can't wait to see how realistically dark the ocean is. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like we've just like completely lost the plot on th- these remakes. Yeah, it's like, like
1: once once you have uh, once you've created mermaids, you can then like I think take some more liberties and make the ocean brighter. It would be my opinion, though. I I know, I, 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 just, I, I, I get I, I but like I don't I don't like fault you, Kayla, for being able to take it at face value. But like I was more just like I'd rather like have some more vibrant stuff to look at. You know, so. It's just I mean, one I of the, most
2: of the live actions at face value so that's just kind of how i decide to go into
1: sure yeah no like i mean it, whatever 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 works and it like get, allows you to get the most out of it but, like it is a thought i had where i'm just like yeah I got, it's just a uh, kind of like dark and I, I feel like i just remember this other one seeming like more you know bright and colorful and i mean but like if it works for little kids i mean that's what really matters but i'm curious from a financial perspective Joe because you would know a little bit more about like what goes into like a lot of the making of this stuff from a dollars standpoint but like the budget at least on wikipedia for this movie is 250 million so probably actually somewhere north of that so it's like isn't there like a lot of people cynically are like yeah disney's gonna do this because they're gonna use it as a way to make money and people are gonna want to go see this stuff and like sure like it's gonna in theory make money and that the that the total like the, the, the total box office for it as of now is 414 million that is more than 250 million but is there kind of also an opportunity cost so like you know if you have a if you spend 250 million dollars on this like what if you just spend 125 million dollars on two other animated movie or that original ideas? What if one of them turns into a big hit that from which you can then like make a bunch of new shit like you did with the Little Mermaid? Like it seems like like if you're to put that much money into one of these, like the margins aren't such that like it's necessarily worth it. And at the end of the day, possibly if like there's other stuff out there you could be doing that could like start your own that like where you could start your own thing with a lot of new characters. I
0: don't know. Yeah. It's just like this is one of the great movie studios of the studio system, right? Disney, mm-hmm. right? And like, I'm not just talking about from the animation side. I'm talking about like in the 1950s, like Walt Disney having like a huge water tank and like literally building the Nautilus submarine from Twenty Thousand Leagues Under the Sea. Mm-hmm. Like this is you know the studio that made Mary Poppins, you know, like like just classic like movies that have stood for decades in terms of theme parks and then living in like the mind of the general public. And I guess just Disney has Marvel making movies. They have Lucasfilm making movies. Then they have their animation studios. And I guess I'm just like.
2: And Pixar.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And Pixar and the output of the actual Walt Disney studios, you know, is just remaking movies from the animated library for how many years? Like, I'm just saying like, if we look back, it's like 20 years from now, like, are we going to have any sort of significant thing that's going to match you know yes
2: i mean they're having what they're doing a lot now that i'm seeing is they're introducing more diverse characters and sometimes these beloved characters are being reintroduced um in a different way so i mean like we have you know we have pixar which is you know doing everything pixar is doing but you know walt disney studios they're also doing like elena of avalor they're doing the new one which they just did in kento like so i mean you know if we think about it in terms of that in terms of i guess like disney eras you know we have obviously our little mermaid kicked off our disney renaissance um you know for the 90s but i think when we look at this the live actions are going to end up being a blip over all the diverse characters that we're going to have now. And even, even some of the you know lower hyped things like like Strange World. We had an interracial couple. We had um we had an openly gay character. And I think that's what we're gonna get more out of in this era of Disney are you know the diversification of the characters and the live actions as a whole is just kind of going to be a blip.
0: <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. That, that's, that's just sort of where, like, I just, I, I'm dismayed at the live action slate just being what it is at this point. And cause like, you know, like you said, the animation stuff is just always so like high reaching and ambitious and, you know, like, like you mentioned wish coming out this year and Conto being the big ticket it is, but like five years from now, Disney's live action slate is literally just going to be live action remake of in you know? so like, oh god that's,
2: like, I'm, is- what I'm also sure, I'm like wondering though <laughs> what I'm also wondering if that's going to change soon and I say that because of the change in D- uh, Disney leadership mm-hmm. so I think a lot of this started rolling really when uh Chapek was boss man um and so I wonder if they already have you know, okay, we already started this project, this project, this project. We have to finish it mm-hmm. instead of just scrapping it. And then now that Iger is back, um, if I things think, are th- gonna change. I think
1: JPEG was in and out so fast, like a lot of this stuff had to have started like under Iger's last it like but i mean uh but who who knows maybe i
2: don't know i felt like he was there forever
1: (laughs) (laughs) i mean like for some for, for some people i didn't like how he was doing it i'm sure it felt that way but like i mean like a lot of the something like this big is like you know it's, it's more than five years in the making. And like it, I, so I, I it, but like, I mean, you, you never know, like all, all the, all the studios are doing weird stuff now. So, you know, anything like this being somewhat of a disappointment could like have a big impact. Cause you know, you've seen so many people like scrapping projects and stuff like that over the last few years. Uh, though I do think Joe, we both, uh, I, and your point is well taken, Joe. I'm pretty dismayed by it too. Even if like, I have found things to like here and there of, of, of these things the last few years, let's just also shout out that we, I think we were all relatively positive on Peter Pan and Wendy a couple weeks ago. Uh, yeah uh, you know so like in and I don't, I don't i don't i don't know what the budget for that one is it's not on wikipedia but you know at the end of the day um you know maybe you need like it's definitely not the level this one is and maybe you just need to trust more filmmakers with david lowry and be like give them less resources for more freedom and let them do their own thing and that might be the answer to like making these more enjoyable as opposed to just you know putting so much uh uh, putting so many eggs in the basket of like let's try and make this very similar and um and maybe change a thing here or there because i and you maybe you want to change more than a thing here or there and that's that's the secret because i think we like the stuff here that they changed
2: I think we also, though, do need to take a little bit into consideration a lot of the filming for um, especially like this live action happened in COVID. Mm -hmm. So they may have had some kind of like there may have been some things they had to change because of just how COVID filming went. They may had to scrap some things. They may had to add in some things. So like, you know, this film could have ended up being very different depending on COVID. Like I was reading earlier that. Jody Benson's like six second cameo took like several days to be able to film because of COVID restrictions. And so like, I think we all do also kind of when we look at some of these live actions have to take that into consideration. And like I saw where Jacob Tremblay like got the role at 13, but with everything with COVID Mm -hmm. he's now 16, like it took him like, you know, three years to be able to record lines and fix it and blah 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 because you know we're sitting under or it were we were sitting under all these restrictions. Mm-hmm
1: oh uh, fair point uh i, I it's it, you know so like if they if they, if they get uh they, they take a different approach to these things and don't have those kind of restraints at the same time uh yeah you could you could get a much better output and uh and in 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 and who knows like uh, trusting a filmmaker like barry jenkins or something like the lion king where you don't have to rely on uh you know any people at all as much as joe and i thought that hamstrung them on the first lion king remake uh this one you know it's a filmmaker we really trust and doesn't have to worry about any kind of like COVID issues. And, you know, maybe that just results in a better product. I don't know, but yeah, like there's still, we'll still see him. We'll still talk about them, but hopefully they figure some stuff out. Uh, Joe, any other final thoughts on, you know, the state of the world and movies or just, uh, or a or little mermaid or anything else before you wrap up?
0: Shout out to Halle Bailey, who was just great.
1: And, yeah. Let's, um, not, let's not, let's not get lost. Let that get lost in everything. Like they found a star, you know, and, or I don't know if they found her. She was already you know, had a good music career, but like they she was trusted the her. First and,
2: one who auditioned. I didn't know
1: that. I didn't. I didn't know that part of the story. But like, I mean, uh, good, good on them. Like, she wasn't the problem at all. You know, to think something there was it. one.
0: I'll say this: she was already a star, right? I like, I like when our stars make it onto the movie screen. Like, I, mm-hmm. I, I would like, I would like more of that. I think that's as opposed to you know just being all online and on TikTok and all that stuff. Like, let's let's so, get them back. To the movies
2: so what you're saying is Lizzo should have been Ursula. That's what I am yes. <laughs> yes. 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 <laughs> mm.
1: Kayla, any
0: other I mean, final. Oh. It was the Ursula, like imagine Ursula playing the violin. Like, come on, like, let's do that.
2: Uh, she plays the flute. The flute Joe
0: mouth. flute. And oh, why did I think violin? Oh no.
2: Well, you yeah. were wrong. <laughs> yeah,
1: on, get, get with it. All the kids know that. Uh K- Kayla, any other final thoughts on the Little Mermaid 2023?
2: So I think it does deserve a rewatch. I did watch it once in theaters. I was saying about rewatching it, but timing just didn't work out. But I do think this one is worth a rewatch. You know, going into it with having expectations, with knowing what to look for and getting to get past the wonder for me personally, and then get to really like watch the movie a second time because the first time for me was it was wonder. And I will say one thing that I've found to be pretty amazing about the whole Little Mermaid just hype for the 2023. It's been really amazing seeing, you know, all of these little girls who Ariel now looks like them. Mm-hmm. And that's been pretty amazing to see. And it's been really amazing to see like on TikTok, you know, all of these black women having like these amazing emotional reactions where they're like, oh, my God, this princess I've been watching forever now looks like me. And so like, I think this movie is going to have such like a cultural impact, you know, especially like for little girls who get to be curious and their goal is not to go and fall in love. It's to be curious. It's to learn. It's to experience. And just I'm I'm ready for a rewatch so I can switch out of my excitement Lens and be able to like really look at the movie, mm. you know, and see that it wasn't necessarily like made for me as a very like <laughs> plain white woman. Like, this wasn't made for me, and I recognize that. And I'm excited to rewatch it in that different lens.
1: Mm. Well said. Even as I was making that point about the opportunity cost, uh, you can you can't also you also can't understate the importance of you know just like you said having that kind of casting choice and it being one a casting choice that actually worked because God forbid mm-hmm. like they 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 take uh, they. They they go out on a limb like that. Not that it should be considered a limb to have like you know that kind of representation, but that that they actually make the choice to do it, which is not always like the something that comes easily to Disney. Uh, and then the person ends up not being good, then that would like that would just scare too many people off from taking uh that, from making that kind of choice. So uh, it's great that Halle Bailey was as good as she was, and I. I would like to echo a lot of Kayla's sentiments, even if I didn't like the movie as much as she did. Uh, Joe, before we get out of here, anything else you've been watching recently uh, besides uh, the little mermaid on a loop that you would like to recommend to the listeners before we get out of here?
0: Um, I'd like to shout out Um, since it's pride month and all since we're talking about the little mermaid, there's a great documentary about the late Howard Ashman on Disney plus simply called Howard.
2: Good. It's, um, so good.
0: Yeah, it's, it's basically a recap of his entire life and his work at Disney as well as his work on the stage. Uh, just a wonder, wonderful, wonderful, talented man. And if you have ever hummed along or sang along to any of those Disney songs, you'll really enjoy uh, that picture.
1: That's a good recommendation. I've never actually watched that. And I've, I've kind of heard it's good. And I just hadn't made it a priority. So I'll have to try and get to that. Uh,
2: did you know he did Little Shop of Horrors?
1: Yep. <laughs> wow. Uh, a very accomplished career. Uh, Kayla, anything you've been watching recently you would like to direct the listeners to?
2: Um, so I've been watching For All Mankind on apple plus hell yeah apple tv plus um i'm in season three so i'm working through it slowly but surely um so that's been a really enjoyable watch that i'm literally wearing a nasa sweatshirt right now so that should tell you my interest in you know let me just say if you're hoping let me just say
1: let me me just say if you're hoping there's going to be uh less danny going forward don't 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 waste your energy unfortunately there is
2: (laughs) but no that one's been a really really enjoyable watch. and oh man what else have i been watching I'm totally blanking on it now so but for all mankind the one that's kind of like forefront in my mind where you know if you haven't heard of it it's basically you know a altered history where it's what if the russians got to the moon first but and then the space
1: a- then but then the space race didn't end
2: yeah but the space race didn't end so um, you know, some people that we know from space history show up throughout it. So it's it's a good watch. I've enjoyed it.
1: Yeah, uh, great recommendation. Uh, they're doing a season four, and, but it's just like, you know, seasons one and two are incredible. Season three, just really good too. Just like a little too much of the Stevens kids. My recommendation, I think, you no, know I'll, I'll, I'll say people should check out because I actually have a lot to watch since I was on vacation last week uh or i've watched a lot so i have a lot to recommend because i was on vacation last week but i got others coming up so i'll say for this episode i'll recommend uh freebies jury duty if you guys if you guys saw that it's the i don't even know how to describe it but it's 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 uh it's like kind of like a mix of docu- documentary slash uh reality tv where the, you know everyone is an actor except for one guy on this jury and they, they're they're. All, I don't I, I I'm, I'm waiting till I finish it to see exactly how they actually tricked this guy into doing it. But apparently literally everyone in here, including James Morrison, playing himself because it's an L.A. County jury. And, you know, as someone that's a lawyer who I feel like it's harder for me to enjoy legal things, the more I learn about the law because I nitpick it too much. I've actually like really enjoyed this. And it's been seeing a different side of the legal system because you know, like j- lawyers don't usually get picked for jury duty. Uh, and I and I, I, got, I got I got summoned for jury duty earlier this year, but I didn't even make it into a courtroom. Uh, so it's like, it's, you're still getting the kind of, I'm sure they consulted like real legal people on it, but like, even if it's not all realistic, but it doesn't really matter because you're seeing it from the perspective of like this lay person who thinks he's on in on the real thing. So it's entertaining nonetheless, cause you know, it's not exactly supposed to be the real thing. They do a really good job of improv around this guy named Ronald, who is not actually on the jury and I'm like halfway through it. So they're still like in the trial and they're sequestered. And I don't, I, again, I'm really look forward to reading more about it when I finish it to see how they like got this guy involved in the show, but it's really, really funny. So, um,
2: Oh, and I do also want to throw out the recommendation that if you do mm want to carve out two and a half hours to go to the theater to go Mm. see um, Spider-Verse.
1: Yes. I The the, the next episode of the podcast after this one will be on that. So uh, it's very good. I plan on trying to make it again. It's just harder for me to do that these days when I don't have a movie theater across the street. But uh, I think I'm going to try and do it Tuesday night. So we'll see. Uh, Joe, uh, before we get out of here, you want to plug anything, Twitter, Letterboxd, anything like that? Yeah, uh,
0: I'm on Letterbox at uh the letter J Parker Morgan mm-hmm. um where I just reviewed Flame and Hot um mm. basically using a quote from Game Night so anyway.
1: Well, I the, the latter is a great movie. I've seen mixed things about the former, but uh good, yeah. good, good to know. Uh K- Kayla, you want to plug anything personally social media wise?
2: Sure. I'll like throw my Instagram out there. So it's Kayla underscore CCC dot SLP is mostly just pictures of my dog and speech stuff. So if that's something you're interested in, my dog is very cute.
1: How can that be profitable for Frito-Lay, Joe? How can it be? Uh, <laughs> uh, I, as usual, I'm Josh Renavoy, J O S H J U I'm both Twitter and Letterboxd. Podcast email is uh, realmoviepod at gmail.com. Podcast Twitter is at realmoviepod. Like I said, coming up next on the podcast, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Uh, go, go watch it if you haven't already, and, the, and then, come, then come listen to us in, in our next episode. But I want to thank Kayla and Joe for joining me. I want to thank all of you for listening, and we'll see you next time.